Last week, I did not post an episode in solidarity to those who have lost their lives for being black in America and out of respect to the ongoing movement in their name. I'm not sure that was the right decision, but I feel that it was important to take the time to propel the movement and to use social media to boost the signal on black voices making themselves heard. As the protests continue to grow in numbers, the voices of the people will not be ignored. Over the past couple of weeks, there have been increasingly bold changes all across America, including the repeal of curfews, the removal of statues of racist figureheads, the charging of all four police officers involved in the murder of George Floyd, including the upgrade of charges to second-degree murder on Derek Chauvin, and, as of today's recording, the Minneapolis Police Department moving forward in disestablishing their police force. We've come farther than we have in many, many years, but have much farther to go and much more to learn. For those upset by the destruction of the riots or that the protests are closing roadways, I say to you that the protesters are a completely separate entity than the looters and pyros. The fallout from these riots are not to be confused with peaceful and powerful protests, which are propelling needed change. As a white ally, I am still learning every day about systemic racism that has driven me and the world as a whole for generations upon generations. This must change. And united we, as a people against fascism, against police brutality, against the murder of innocent black men and women throughout the ages will make that change. I have attempted to provide and share as many phone numbers, emails, and calls to action as I can to make sure that the officers and officials who were at fault are dealt with and that the names of the fallen are never forgotten. For George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, their families, and all those who deal with the fear, incarceration, and unjust death for the color of their skin. We must keep fighting. We must keep protesting. We must keep lifting our voices and shouting their names. Black Lives Matter. Today's guest is my friend, Alexis Miranda, who is an extraordinarily talented actress, comic, and activist, who previously joined me on this program to talk about mass incarceration, and joins me in this episode to discuss systemic racism, white privilege, how things are changing, and how much they haven't. We also share some great stories, some good laughs, and some joyful tears. Our conversation was recorded on Instagram Live, and our full video conversation can be found on my IG Live on my personal Instagram page, at Devlin Wilder. For an assembled list of resources, including a timeline of events, petitions taking place, where and to whom to donate, Black-owned businesses, bail funds, petitions, and social media accounts to follow, as well as a number of other resources, please visit tinyurl.com forward slash BLM forever. That link is listed in the bio of both my Instagram and Twitter profiles, as well as in the show notes of this episode. And now, without further ado, my conversation with Alexis Miranda. Hi, Alexis. Welcome. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Good to see you. Um, I know. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in, I don't know. I just see you all here. Well, I saw you a month ago, randomly, uh, when Where? we passed each other at Ralph's, remember? Oh, yeah. 
Because we live in the same area, which I had no idea. I was like, yo, yeah. what's up? You're like, what are you doing over here? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I came out to see your stand-up at the comedy store. That was like, that was before all the pandemic ridiculousness went yeah, down. I'm like, what, was that Crack em Up Thursday? I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was a good show. What's up, Dev? How's it going? So, yeah, you know, I, you know, there sure is, um, you're such a hilarious comic. You're, you're such a, a, a funny, uplifting, like energetic person. Both times that you've joined me on this program, <laughs> you've spoken about very serious things. The previous time you joined me on the show, you were speaking on mass incarceration and your, uh, your your film, Oren? Yes. Yes. And here we are again. And again. I know. And again. And again. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again and again and again. Uh, over and over. Um, I... Even, even though um, I'm doing this for the podcast, I want this to be your forum. <laughs> I want you to, uh, I want you to, I would like to hear your thoughts and um, whatever you would like to say on what is going on. Um, how, how are you feeling right now? What, what are your thoughts? Please share with me. Um, it's one of those things I saw it coming. So I think a lot of people are like really shocked and super in their feelings about what's going on right now but it's kind of been something because you know i've been on this like talking about you know uh justice reform and all of that and you know it's impacted like my family personally and um so i've already kind of been on this wave and understanding that uh this thing doesn't work for a lot of people and so you know we haven't as a collective acknowledged that and taken the necessary steps to change it you know, so the people kind of said, all right, well, y'all don't want to take the steps to change it. This is what we're going to do. So, um, I, like I said, I kind of saw this coming. So I'm not really, I'm not that worked up about it. I, 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 I did, I did protesting. I did the first night of protesting in downtown LA. And, um, I was surprised to see how far it went, but even that kind of makes sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, because we've protested before. So, um, I'm like, okay, well, they did the protesting and they already shut down the freeways. And then, like you said, we're here again and again and again. So, I said, okay, just logical. Just be logical. Okay, would have, okay, they should, if they did this before, where does it go? And this is where we are. So, I'm not surprised. Now, it's, it's, um, it's well overdue every time it happens. Yeah. It's just as... <laughs> it's upsetting but needed every time it happens right. and it keeps happening over and 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 we and we forget we so easily forget every single time that it happens and right. think, just like the hashtag of course right. that's it why the, that's away. why the hashtag was created in the first place because this keeps happening over and over right. um and um <laughs> You know, it's been going on for 10 days now. Mm-hmm. And Oof. just just as of today, Mayor Garcetti just lifted the um, the curfews. Thank God. Thank goodness. But of course, oh, but of course, Boy, you know, he only cool. he only did it because that, well. what? Sorry. No, I said I cut you off. My bad. Keep going. No, actually, my battery cut us off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got the little 20% alert. That drives me nuts. Um, of course, he only did that because he was sued by the ACLA, ACLU. Um, because, of course, that's, that's the only way anything really gets done is by someone being sued or when protests happen. <laughs> That's that's the only way the movement Not of money or you do some damage, you know. Of course. Right. Throw those right. stacks at it. Exactly. It's gross. 
Yeah, and it should not have to be that way. But, you know, people are at a point where it's like, okay, what do we have to do? Because at this point, we'll do anything. And, you know, um, I saw a lot of, like, young Gen Z people, Generation Z on the front lines, and they really... <laughs> they're going at they're it. Really, they're really... They're, they're about whatever. You know what I'm saying? So people are just pushed to that point. And I understand, you know? I'm not saying, like, something's right or wrong. I'm just saying I understand how we got to this place, so... Yeah. I've read so many posts, numerous posts. I, I've been glued to social media for the past 10 days. I've, I've just been, my eyes are strained. My, I, I've given myself headaches from just like scrolling and posting and scrolling and posting. And, you know, um, I've seen just all of these posts about how the, the looting and destruction of property is terrible and I mean, okay, but you know, how many people <laughs> have lost their lives? And it's not, you know, the death of George Floyd propelled this particular instance, this, this I feel like new... I like there so many things that went into like, this whole situation. But this you has know, been I'm... happening for hundreds of years. Right. Hundreds right. Yeah. of years. Yeah. And that's a lot of George Floyd. I mean, I just feel like at this point, uh, we're kind of saying what everybody has probably heard. Like, there's been so many George Floyds. Like, I mean, I've seen the police run up in my house personally as a child. So, like, um, and take my cousin out by force at 14 years old. So, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, this is, but I, look, this is what I tell people. It's like, when you, especially when you know history, like I'm a history buff, like I love history. And one thing I know about any substantial change that we've ever made as an American society is every time there was like a huge radical change for the people, it came with this. Like, it's like America can't just have the conversation. And we just have a history of like, no, we need force to really be like, oh, we should do something about this. And that's just our trend throughout history you know what I'm saying not, e not even just you know with this situation so like that's also like that's also a reason why I'm kind of like I've been calm through this whole thing you know but I mean I've seen some stuff that like, I've never seen in my life like just on the first night of the protest you know having an officer point his weapon at me over a scooter on the ground like I've never experienced nothing like that but I was still pretty chill about it because I just have like this knowing that this is like, this is something that we gotta like, we had, that has to happen. Something that we all have to, we have to acknowledge it and we gotta get through it. And I know we're gonna be better on the other side of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not losing my mind, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You gotta stay stable and um, uh, propel yourself forward and, you know, um, that's all any of us can do. I keep trying to find ways to boost the signal as a nerdy white boy. You know, I mean, I, I can't really, if I go to the protests and I could, I am, I am at such a disadvantage health wise, which is why I haven't done it yet. Um, right. because of my stupid asthma and my shitty lungs. Um, yeah. because of course, you know, as much as I try to be a social justice warrior and, and I have for a long time, um, I'm with COVID still rearing its ugly head out there. I'm, I'm at a real, <laughs> <laughs> no one does. No one knows. No one knows. No. Supposedly, there's been a, a pretty hefty spike over the last few days in cases. Of course, they say that. I don't know. But the know. the stats are all over the place. Anyone can make right. up any statistic at any time. Who the fuck knows? We don't <laughs> like, know. No one knows. We don't fucking know. No. <laughs> I was just yeah. I was just watching a stand-up set by Michael Che, who I love. And um, he um, he was saying that he had a, he had a lot of great things to say in the set, 
One of them mm-hmm. was, you know, we're not just fighting for equal rights. We're fighting for civil rights. I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, the least that we can expect. It's Black Lives Matter, as in, you know, Black Lives Matters, like that's the very bottom rung of the things that that can be asked for is to matter. Should it be mm-hmm. Black Lives Exist? Like it was, you know, obviously I can't do the set justice, but um, it was. Uh... I think I know which joke you're talking about. I mm-hmm. know, I know, I'm familiar with that joke. Shout out to Michael Chang. He's one of my favorite comedians. Yeah, I mean, that's just the bare minimum. Just asking to. You know, just, just kind of like uh, declaring our value in society. So, yeah, I mean, that's where we are. <laughs> that's where we are. Um, as a white ally, what, who is, you know, trying to uh, propel black voices like yours and try to get the word out, what, what do you, um, what is your... What do you think is most important for someone like me to be doing right now? What do I think is most important for someone like you to be doing? I, I feel like racism in itself, like being prejudiced and racist, um, I think what people need to understand is I see it as like a mental illness that kind of, uh, you know, if, even if you aren't just an overt, like I'm a racist and I'm opening up my Confederate flag, I think what a lot of people have inside of them uh it's kind of like in the subconscious that's why i love the video with the chick karen in new york she's like a you know karen was like a democrat liberal new york fucking highly educated white woman and then you saw her weaponize a black man's race against him you know when she was like i'm you know i'm gonna call the police and tell them a black man's you know threatening me you know just it was so easy it's like it just kind of like came out of her and, um, you know, I think what most white people need to work and deal with, and it's just my opinion, is to realize, like, their latent, like, under the surface, like, biases. Because even, like, I try to explain also racism like this, like, everything is energy, right? Like, a transfer of energy. So I think what we're looking at with, like, especially younger white people, like, people in my generation, like, millennials, um, I hear a lot of them say, like... I, I wasn't ta- even taught to be racist. You know, nobody sat me down and said, this person is this because they're black or whatever. But I think what we need to understand about it more than anything is, so babies, kids, they literally receive and absorb energy and they watch what you do more than anything and they and they, they feel your vibe as a parent. So like literally, like this is so deep. You could be with your kid, right? And if a black person passes you and you have that latent shit inside of you, and let's say you tense up or you just give off this energy of fear and being threatened and intimidated, your child receives that. You know what I'm saying? Like they tap into that. So I think this is a conversation nobody's having because this is more, I'm looking at this shit from uh, from a scientific perspective. It's like you, like this is, like you pass it down that way, you know? And I know to some people that might be like, but nah, that shit is real. Like you don't have to tell your three-year-old, oh, these people are this, and I'm. They feel it from you. <laughs> this is how deep it is, and that's how we like perpetuate these cycles. Not even knowing it, not even consciously knowing you're giving this to your children. So, um, I mean, honestly, like I'm radical in that. I think like there needs to be like, I know this sounds crazy, but like transformational, like transformational, like reform type situations, active reform situations for people in mass. And I know that sounds crazy, but like literally it's so deeply embedded in so many of us and we pass it down energetically through our kids. You don't have to pull a kid off to the side and and break it down for them and verbalize these things. They feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I've seen white people, I'll be with, like, my black friend, like, a guy, big guy, whatever, and they might, you know, when he walks past them, you know, it's just that their kids absorb all of that. So what their kids receive from that is, oh, we're afraid of these people. You don't have to verbalize it. They feel it. So, um, anyway, 
I feel like that needs to be in a conversation um, if we really want to like change what's going on. Um, we have to start looking at this shit scientifically and also from a mental health standpoint because there's a bit of psychosis involved in this shit. Like, shit is deep. It's deep, so. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, people, when you talk about race and, like, injustice, our emotions are so, like, you know, we're clouded by emotion, obviously, because, you know, this shit pisses you the fuck off. But I feel like, oh, lot if you can, some people aren't in this place, but I'm in this place. Like, somebody could walk down the street call me the N-word right now, and I ain't gonna even blink. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. It was like, you really calling people the N-word in 2020? Yeah, eat a dick. So, you know, like, I'm not tripping on that. But, like, I'm able to take my emotions out of it and really try to look at it and examine it from a scientific, you know, standpoint. So, I feel like more people need to be doing that. Because I feel like we could really come up with solutions for people who, you know what I'm saying, are perpetuating this, um, you know, it's, it's violence, you know. It only violence don't even have to be physical. So, yeah. Yeah, those. I hope that was like. That's exactly what we're here to talk about, and I'm. Yeah. And I'm. That's not crazy at all. That's um. It's needed, because that. That dark energy, that flow of microaggression, starts from infancy, yeah. and <laughs> because racism is taught. It's not mm -hmm. a, it's not innate. It's not biological. It's, it's felt. Racism is taught. It's felt. You know what I'm saying? It's felt more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like we forget. Like people don't speak in this language. Like we're we're electrical beings. We're receiving and giving off currents and electricity every single day. People don't talk about this shit. It's like the reason why you can think something and the shit pop up as an ad on your phone. That should be happening. Like I'll be thinking about stuff like that. I'm like, damn. It's like are these are the towers like intercepting or like conjoining with our thought processes because how many times have you thought something and that shit pop up on your phone or you said something and it popped up on your phone most people say oh they're tapping in they're listening to us no this shit is like intercepting our waves you know what i'm saying or like i don't know how to i'm not like a scientist but then, you know i smoke weed this is shit that comes <laughs> <in my life>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's connective. Yeah. <laughs> it it's connective. It's connective. This shit is deep, man. <laughs> I think it's deep. both. They are yeah. listening and everything is connective. The microphones on our devices are picking up everything we say, every yes. single thing. And I notice it on the daily. I get mm -hmm. I get personal ads all across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, every single day. It drives me absolutely just like, just a madness. Every day. Right. It's gross. And, you know, but then unfortunately that's the price of using the social media and right, right. now it's so important that we have this access to be able to get the word out. Not just constantly, but immediately. Okay. There was, um, I was watching the live feed from the protest near the mayor's house. Mm -hmm. And I could day? see, well, yeah, they had a feed day. from Channel 5 from the uh -huh. News Chopper. And I was watching the video feed that probably a lot of the protesters on the ground couldn't see. And so I was tweeting, hey, heads up, right. like you got, you're, you're <laughs> being flanked and you're being Sorry. followed and you're about to get fucked. So my little, my little brother is like 10 years old. He was doing the same thing from Texas. Yep. He was like, sister, if you're on Fairfax, make all that Get the there. fuck out. Yep. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and of course they ended up arresting, you know, I don't know how many people. And I think like 500 or something that day. Unbelievable amount of people. And those motherfuckers were stationed. They weren't stationed directly around the mayor's house. Mm -hmm. Those fucks were waiting with their, with their police cruisers 
like up to a mile away while they were oh hi everybody yeah <laughs> so, yeah um thank you for everyone that's that's uh, coming into the chat right now um yeah they were they were lying in wait lines of them to arrest these people that were just they weren't doing anything at all they were just you know they were walking home a lot of them were because it was close to curfew they were just trying to make curfew right those fucks I, yo and then like we had one instance they people like got inside our building and going from door to door please like can i can i just chill in here until this is over you know because they didn't want to go to jail they didn't want to get arrested so many protesters came into the building and went from door to door and um you know people we hit people in the trash chute, in the janitor's closet, because a lot of people wouldn't let protesters in their homes, which, you know, I understand. Me, personally, I'm about that life. Um, <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's don't come in. Like, let's eat dinner. Like, let's sure. go. But a lot of people, you know, they just didn't feel comfortable with that. Um, but, and I would say also, because when I was, I was actually, I was in the downtown protest on the first night, and then I did the second night in Hollywood and Beverly Hills. And I remember when uh, that was the first day they did the curfew. And I remember them saying, yo, they're going to ambush us and arrest everybody. That's why they're doing a curfew. And I let time go by me. And I was right there on Fairfax when the car was on fire. And it looked like a fucking movie. I'm right there in the middle of all the action. And then it hit curfew. And I was like, fuck, I'm about to go to jail. And then I just thought to myself, I was like, yo, I got to run. I said, just run, go to somebody's house. Somebody got to let you in. Somebody's going to let you in. So, you know, I was in that situation. And so kind of seeing other people in that situation, I was like, there's no way I couldn't let these people in my space because I was there. I was on Fairfax running <laughs> like, yo, but it's, it was so weird because it's the universe is so funny. Like I, at that day, my phone was dying and I was like, bitch, like you can't be out here with no phone. And then this guy randomly is like hey what's your name we started talking and walking together and then he was like yeah i got this battery pack so he gave me a battery pack in the march and then that night i got stranded they cut off the trains they cut off lyft and uber and all of that and i said either you're gonna go oh go in a stranger's house or find a scooter a skateboard or something you're gonna get the fuck up out of here um but i ended up this random guy was like hey what's your name we started talking for like two seconds gave me a ride home you know so also like, just, I don't know. I guess I said that to say like human connectivity is, is so important. And I think like also like us being quarantined and away from each other and not having a lot of human contact for the last three months. You know what I'm saying? Kind of I do. Weird space <laughs> with each other. You know, it got us in this weird space and then we all got a mask. It's a weird space, but y'all, you know, keep your heart open and, because I, if people talk about the establishment and the powers that be. Well, the number one aim of the powers that be, they their whole agenda is to keep people separate. That's the agenda at the end of the day. So that's what you know to separate people because you can't control and manipulate people that are united. So you know it's like nah. It's just interesting that we've been quarantined away from each other and then this shit happened. Like <laughs> I don't know, man. I got so many theories, so. Yeah. There's rarely coincidence. Oh, ain't no coincidences in the universe whatsoever. So, whatsoever. <laughs> this is a pretty dangerous time for all of us. Hey, look, whatever. Even that, I'm like, whatever. I'm just, I'm just, I'm in it. I'm rocking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't feel like it's dangerous. I don't, I personally don't feel like endangered I don't personally that's good I don't <laughs> hold on speaking of battery what? mine's about to mine's about to go out hang on just a second oh no honey no I'm good no I'm good I've, I've got I've got enough power to grab the battery pack professional if I smoke weed on my line. I don't care. You do you. 
Go for it. Go for it. That's why I'm a comedian, because I so I can do That's right. <laughs> oh, do you ever smoke on stage? What's up? Do you ever smoke on stage? Is there a venue that you could get away yes. with that? Do you? Yes, I did a show. It was called High Times. <laughs> and all the comedians got to get on stage and smoke weed and just get fucked, like high. And at first I was like, I don't want to do it. Because when I get high, sometimes I get really weird. Like, I get weird. But it was... um it was a fun show. It was a fun fucking show. The energy was so crazy. The high shows can go like one of two ways. Like it could be, it could be really, really dope and like lasered in, and everybody's like with each other, or it could just be crazy because like people, people get slow when they get high. So sometimes you feel like, damn, they're not getting my joke, but really it's just taking them all a little bit of time to like process or the laughs are a little delayed. <laughs> so. But yeah, I've smoked on stage. That's it was fun. That's fun. I'd love to see one of those shows. I got, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm so Wait. far behind on all my like. I follow your work and so many great comedians. Um, and uh, I just watched Seinfeld's new special and Patton Oswalt, and um, I try to watch that. I gotta watch it. It's phenomenal. It's right. it's so great. It's just a. It's one of those shows, you know, where you can just. Pat Oswalt show is just one of those. You you just sit back and just have roaring belly laughs. You know, I love oh, that. Oh shit, belly laughs. That's right. I love it. I can't wait until uh, I'm so ready for this pandemic ridiculousness to be over so that we can get back to live shows and uh that's gonna be a minute i think i know unless unless we're in the south you know i know that the south they got some clubs opening up which is why i'm going to texas are you in like a few days Mm -hmm. i'm going home you know ain't nothing going on in la we don't we can't have any live shows and they're not doing no auditions right now. All the auditions are self-taped. So I'm like, I'm about to go home, be with my family, sleep outside. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. How long have uh, how long has it been since you saw your family? Oh, I see my family a lot. Like, Do you? <laughs> I was in Texas for like three weeks last summer. Um, but... Yeah, I see my family a lot, but I just really want to, like, be around them because I've been in L.A. for a while, and, like, my little brother, like, grew up without me, essentially. And uh, we're kind of, me and him, we the same person. And I talk to him sometimes, and I'm like, damn, like, I feel like I've just missed out on so much. And, like, I told you, when I was in the streets protesting, he was DMing me. He was playing Fortnite and watching the news at the same time and making sure I didn't get locked in and arrested, (laughs) So I just, we got, we're both Gemini's, so we're going to do like a joint birthday party this summer. I'm excited. That's nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I miss my family too a lot. I, I need to get back out to Illinois and go visit them. I haven't been out there in a few years, so I'm working on, I talk to them every day though. In fact, I... I hadn't talked. I hadn't talked to my dad on the phone today. We usually talk at least, you know, a few minutes over the phone every, almost every day, pretty much every day. And I texted how did him. How your dad feel about all this? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Not at like, all. We were. You, what are y'all? We got serious on the phone yesterday. Uh huh. And my dad. My dad loves people. Mm-hmm. He's trying to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fully get it, I don't think, as far as the destruction. Right. Which I understand. Because it's a right. very hard thing to... It's a, it's a hard concept to get. And mm-hmm. I'm still learning... We did get a little heated, <laughs> though. Of course, I already know it. Because your dad is a white man he, from a certain generation. He is. 
He is. And I I went at him a little bit, and then I felt bad, and I I just let it go because I didn't. It's you know I I prize those few minutes that I talk with my dad every day, and he. You know, he wakes up at 4 or 5 a.m. every day and then he goes to bed at 6 or 7. Like, he's not awake that long during the day. Well, he is, but then he go. you know, that's fine. So, we usually talk in the afternoon and I, I didn't want to... We've gone around so many times and he has gotten so much better. He really has, uh, especially since he got with... Uh, uh, since he remarried. Um, oh, congratulations. Well, this it, that was, you know, 15 plus years ago now, but she got him in line. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that, you know, she uh, she got him in line and, and he's not beyond learning. He, he definitely, no. he's, he's open to learning and he's open to being educated um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like all of us, okay. he has a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel that. but, uh, but I talk with him every day. I talk with my mom every day. Um, I, I really, you know, they miss me a lot. We mm-hmm. were, go to your mama and your daddy, get to Illinois, go see your parents. I'm going to, like, hey, hey Pete, what's up? Hey, he wowed in the building. Does he's a rock star? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does rock and roll music. Awesome. He, he fire. He fire. Money Mo Green too. Welcome. Hello, Money Mo Green. Money Mo. Money Mo. Um, yeah, I will. I'm. I'm gonna get out there before the end of the summer, and okay. uh, you know, I'll. I'll. I like to go out there for a week or ten days and just. You know, do some, have some nice family time. Yeah, it's important. It is. I mean, now we can do it. Right. LA is, LA grits right now. <laughs> yeah, LA I, grits right now. I know that the governor is trying to, He's trying to put some things into effect, and I know SAG-AFTRA has been working on a lot of things to try to put some things into effect. But I've been reading all of these, you know, the guidelines that they're trying to um, put forward when productions open up, and I'm just, I'm exasperated because there, there's no way, there's just no possible way that any of the plans that I've seen can be viably put into effect. Mm, like what? Well, it's just like, I mean, uh, like SAG-AFTRA sent me a long email that I was reading mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. where background is going to be pretty much out of the picture for a while. <laughs> and probably Damn. audiences because they're going to try to keep social distancing in place while on set, which I just don't, I don't understand how that's fathomable. I, I don't understand how that's actionable in any way. Right. Unless they're doing every single, you know, <laughs> shot with green screen and like, I, I don't, I don't know how they're going to pull that kind of thing off. I honestly, I'm just at this point, I'm like, is it really necessary? It's just like, y'all like, Okay, you book a production. I think everybody on the production needs to be screened for coronavirus. Well, they're going to do that. I mean, they're, they'll leave it there. And they're supposedly they're going to have a um, a corona specialist on all the major sets and yeah, and lots. But that's going to be you know <laughs> it's going to take that. four hours to get into the. It's going to take four hours to get on to set before you can even start shooting. How do you become a corona specialist? How? <laughs> I don't know. How? I, I want to do that. I mean, where do we sign up? For real. As long as we don't have to, 
you know, uh, take it into our bloodstream <laughs> to be, as long as we don't have to be a guinea pig for it to, uh, to get the specialization. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Wild they stuff. They don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> it's a weird world, man. Yeah. And it's well, only Atlanta's getting weirder. Back to production, so, you know, Atlanta, they're doing anything. They're going to have sets. And that's another thing I don't understand. How does, like, one state get to do this and then another state's like, we just don't know how to do it. I'm like, dude, Atlanta's doing it. And I don't, I don't want nobody to think, because, you know, some people may say, like, um, I don't know, people, Southern states are getting a bad rap, rep in this whole corona thing. And I just feel like no one really has answers, like, for real. And I honestly That's the show. know what to believe at this point. I just don't. Well, no one's I mean, doing I, it right. Because no, no one knows... Right. No one has enough specific guidelines on how to go about it. We have right. uh, government entities that's entire job is to be prepared for this kind of thing. But then, of course, we have President Cheeto in the White House who, you know, I, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't need to touch on that. Uh, <laughs> so... And this is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie. It's a, <laughs> a it's a whole movie. anthology. Like it really is. <laughs> it's uh it really it's an encyclopedia is. of sequels. But you know it's crazy. Like all this, a lot of this. Like I don't know if you're into astrology, but a lot of astrologers have been saying this about 2024 a very long, a very very long time. Like I've posted stuff about like 2020. And specifically things that would happen. So, I don't know. I'm one of them crazy people. I believe in some type of, like, higher, like, order. Some type of... And I'm not saying it's a man in the sky, you know, with a beard, orchestrating shit. But I do believe in, like, a higher, I don't know, consciousness or something. Spirit. Kind of like... That's why I don't I don't trip on, on shit, really. Because I feel like, okay... Humanity is going to get through it, whatever, you know, because, I mean, we're always evolving. We're always getting better, but we go through our shit. That's just the way it goes. So I know we're going to be good in a second if we're not and if we self-destruct. Okay, we just self-destruct. That's how you got to look. You know, that's how you got to look at the shit. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's the weed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I think that's just you because you are a very forward thinker and you you always have been as long as I've known you. And that's one of the many things that propelled me to get in touch with you, to have you on the show before was I'm just, I'm always lifted and propelled by your words. You speak very well. You're very knowledgeable and you keep calling yourself crazy, but I, I think it's not crazy at all. I think you're crazy like a Fox. You are. You know, you're one of the you're one of the most uh, intelligent and eloquent and talented people that I know, and Thank that's you. why I wanted to speak with you today, because you have a lot of um, you have a very you have a lot of smart and you know uh, great things to say. I I received all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you for always reaching out and just, I don't know, like, you know, you want to, you get me, you get me, I appreciate that, I appreciate what you do, man, because you've been, uh, you know, you aren't one of those people, you know, you popped up in the middle of the protest and the George Floyd shit, and it's like, I'm an ally, like, you've always been, like, about this, and, um, yeah, that's really dope, I feel like people should know that you've always been on, on this way since I've known you, so, you know, I appreciate you for being an awesome and uh, to me, you always try to put like you all, you always try to get down to the truth. You know what I'm saying? And like put that out there, and you champion the truth, and you champion what's right. And uh, I really appreciate that about you as well. For real, Dev. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. as you said, I received that, and I appreciate it a lot. I'm a little choked up by that. Thank you. <laughs> no, you can cry. I'm, I'm, I'm shedding a few tears here. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's good. 
good. Thank you for that. You got a great heart. You got a great soul. So I do you. You got good energy, and you know people out here see that. And yeah, man, you do. And we thank. I thank you. You know, you're always giving dope people a platform with your podcast and all of that. And yes, and you're open. And you're like your dad. How you said your dad is like willing to learn. I feel like that's so important. And so many people past a certain age, they just feel like they don't need to know anything else. And it's like, nah, the world is still spinning and it's changing. And, you know, yeah, so I appreciate you. You have the same trait that your dad has. And that's that's the most important thing to me, just the openness and willingness to try to understand. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. My dad is a very kind man. Um, mm-hmm. He's a very kind man, and he's a very intelligent guy, and he's, um, you know, he, he is of a certain generation, for sure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I had some very interesting conversations with, uh, with his dad, my grandfather, um, who was also of a certain generation, and, uh, you know, but, but my grandfather, um, my grandfather fought and um, uh, he he had a he had a lot of important things to say, which I wish I had had the foresight of recording. Mm. My mm-hmm. great grandmother, who now passed a couple years ago, was ninety eight when she went, and uh, wow, 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 ninety eight, ninety eight. Every time I would go to her house. Just, I didn't even have to, like, you know, say, how you doing? She would start into some incredible story about, you know, um, living during wars and um, wow. her uh, working in a, uh, working in the fashion district. And uh, she had an unbelievably incredible life. And I thought many times, many times that that thought broiled in my brain about I should I should really take out my phone right now and start recording. But then every time I had that thought, I immediately also thought that's is that disrespectful? Is it disrespectful to ask like and then I asked myself that question over the years and then of course she passed and I don't have that chance anymore so if you're listening uh uh I thank you for sharing those stories with me Mm. do you have a grandparent who has those uh has those stories yeah both my grandmothers are alive but they're still so young, to be honest. I got young grandparents. <laughs> they got iPhones and stuff. Oh, wow. One of my grandparents, you know, she just called and asked me, can I burn her CD and put some R. Kelly songs on it? So. Wow. Wow. Really, hip like, grandma. That's awesome. I want some R. Kelly. I want some. <laughs> I'm like, do you know, uh, have you seen that R. Kelly documentary? Uh, but wow! So and I with them, I record our conversations all the time, and I don't even tell them. And like when I go home, you know, to see well, one is in Boston, one's in Texas. I I film them. I'll be at the house. I'll just have the cameras going because that's our history. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you got history books, but I feel like the best history is like what we learn from the people that came before us because they actually lived through whatever. You know. So um, I'm always turning on cameras, and I don't tell them I'm hella disrespectful, hella stealthy. <laughs> I don't care. Just, just you know getting it done. Yeah. Just getting it done, you know, because I don't want to look back and be like, damn, I should have. And um, I, my grandpa, my grandfathers are both deceased, dead. Dead just sounds so bad. My grandfather's both dead. <laughs> they both dead. Um, my, I have a great grandmother too that's still alive. She funny as hell. And, you know, it's funny. We were talking about how racism is, like, really a mental illness, too, and a psychosis. She is a, a – my great-grandmother is a Caucasian woman, you know, blue-eyed. And, you know, just the shit that's come out of her mouth over the years, 
that woman loved me to death. Love me and my brown cousins to death. But the shit that she be, be, be dropping out of her mouth and like, I just be like, and she's one of the greatest, one of my greatest teachers when it comes to like racial, just all the shit that we were talking about. Like I just look, think about her and just some of the experiences I've had with her over the years and conversations we've had and things that I've heard her say that I have to be like, where is that coming from? But then I also have to understand this motherfucker was conditioned in the 30s and 40s and you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't go away. How you think about like how hard it is to change a simple habit, let alone like a, a latent like like way of thinking. Shit is tough, you know. So cutting myself off from Mountain Dew for three days is a uh, is a whole trial. So like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, bitch, we got no chocolate. What? It's a whole thing. You know, that's yeah. just like a outer physical tangible habit. When you, you go you go into the brain and like that's why you know they that's why they put kids in school eight hours a day because they're like okay this is how we program society. It's all about conditioning the mind to be and do whatever. So because it's really hard to you know I mean it can be done but it's a challenge and a lot of people don't have the time and the energy to even take on that challenge. Everybody's honestly just kind of in this rat race in America trying to survive and, and pay bills and shit let alone like I gotta reprogram my way of thinking you know like people ain't I've had, I feel like the it's a luxury to be able to like self reflect and look at your life and the way you think and, and, and uh, rework it that's a luxury a lot of people don't have that time so I get it everybody trying to survive <laughs> but for those who do take the time for those who do take the time and I know some people you know like I said, people are trying to eat and pay their bills. So if you go up to them and tell them, hey, you should do like these reform classes and change your like get the fuck out of my face. I'm tired. I just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> we all do, but then I I applaud and completely agree with your previous suggestion, which I don't think is crazy at all about starting starting from the get go. Starting those mm-hmm. classes and those mm-hmm. um, those practices from, you know, kindergarten, preschool, mm-hmm. whatever, so that I think adults need it more than anything. The babies absolutely. are still free, you know. Babies are free. Adults need that type of rewiring more than anybody. And what then, What do you think would be the best way to institute that? to institute those practices? So I did this thing, it's called, um, some people thought it was a cult. No, I was not in a fucking cult. Um, it's, it was a, they call it a transformational course. And basically it, it's an emotional technology, an emotional technology, that's crazy. That's a crazy phrase. But um, it was basically all different people from different walks of life. They gave us the tools to basically go inside of our brains and like wipe our shit, like basically clean your clean your brain out, like wipe your slate clean. If that makes any sense. So I was with the same people. The first two parts of the program lasted three weeks, um, and then the last part was like a three month leadership course training. And I can't really talk about the exercises, the exercises and what we did. But when I tell you that was the craziest shit I ever did in my life, and it really just like, first of all, when I came out of this shit, we had graduation and we got to invite our families and friends. And my mom thought we was all high off Molly or some shit. Like my mom was so terrified because everybody in this group, uh, we had roughly 70 people in this transformational training and 70 people, like I said, from different walks of life. So white, black, Mexican, we had gangbangers, we had, celebrities we had doctors lawyers different kinds of people in this program and after we were all like just like just present and in our bodies and with each other and just open and loving everybody and we did come into this training like that this shit really it was fire it was fire but you have to sign ndas to go through um those darn ndas (laughs) yeah you have to sign ndas um because I guess they don't want you, you know, going out, I don't know, taking 
you know, they proprietary make- information. Right, they want to make their money, but I feel like this, like the public, should have access to these sorts of things. And a lot of times, with some of these huge corporations, like they'll send their employees through these trainings. Like Oprah sent her employees through these trainings. So it's shit like that out there in the world. But I mean, the training all together was like a couple racks, like four racks, four G's, like four grand. Whoa. And so, yeah, yeah, it's expensive shit. But I feel like. And so anyway, when I went through the training, I thought to myself, damn, I want to take this to prisons. So they have stuff out there that helps people like reprogram their minds, recondition themselves, um, and like work through trauma and stuff like that. Um, but you know, just the average person that doesn't have the access. I so, certainly <laughs> don't. Yeah. <laughs> but but for- I feel like stuff that should be affordable and highly accessible for people. And if I were ever, I, I'd love to go, go into politics one day. But if I if I do, I would be talking like that. <laughs> I would be on the podium talking like that. But right now it is something that is only available to those who have the financial means. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that would be a phenomenal um uh, practice to institute in the in the schools across the nation across the planet so that people can all people can have access to it and so that the systemic racism that's uh, permeated our entire society our entire culture our entire uh, civilization our existence for so so long uh-huh. wouldn't you know that that permeation would be broken and yeah uh, that would be a really beautiful thing um i am i am disturbed that uh we are going to be cut off very soon by instagram who only allows us to have an hour of live time um so brad an hour I think we really talked about some very important things. I think we, um, uh, I won't say we, you presented some very great, um, you presented a lot of uh, great practices and things that um, allies can do. Um, Where can people find you? I want to make sure that they watch your... (laughs) Right here on the grams, baby. Instagram. And you know, your... And you can find else from here. But like Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And your handle oh, here is... Lex the God. God. <laughs> I love it. G-A-W-D. I love it. Alexis, thank you so very, very much. I really, Absolutely. I appreciate you. I appreciate your words. I appreciate your spirit. I appreciate everything about you. I'm so glad to have you as a friend. I'm really glad we had this conversation today. Sorry that I was a jerk and postponed it at the very last minute yesterday. <laughs> I don't care. Um, Y'all forget we still quarantine. I got nothing to do <laughs> besides protest, but. And for all of those who are able, I, I um, please get out there and protest. Um, speak, speak the names of those who have, uh, who have been murdered um, uh, for being black in America. Um, we got to keep fighting. We've we've made some changes. We got a hell of a long way to go. So, Absolutely. thank you, Alexis. But we going there. That's the important thing. We thank sure you are. so much. Sending you love always. You too. Enjoy your day, love. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And Faux Real at Faux Real Pod. That's F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one.